All right, welcome back. Facts versus rhetoric to another episode. And I've been thinking a lot about where to go from here. And I think we need to go back in time, in history, to learn how we got here. And what I mean by that is, as you really peel back the onion here and you realize the level of corruption and this just the, the craziness that is uh, penetrated in every, seems like every facet of our lives and institutions, I really wanted to try to go back to one of the architects that gave us this blueprint. All right, so how did we get here? The, the, the corruption in the media, the corruption in the public health officials, the billionaires playing doctors, the corruption of education, the medical care, the oversight, all this shit. I believe you can trace the roots back to America's first billionaire, John D. Rockefeller, who drew up the billionaire playbook, How to Control the Narrative, right? And remember what Plato said, those who control the narrative rule society. So once you get all the money you can possibly spend, the next step is power. And that's usually how it goes. We're going to take a look back at John D. Rockefeller and the steps he took to really create this blueprint that I feel like the people of today are still using. All right, so everyone might know John D. Rockefeller is the richest American. He was the first American billionaire. His net, I think he was worth $1.4 billion dollars when he died. So in 1890s, $1.4 billion, I think would be adjusted for inflation, $400 billion in today's money. Just think about that for a second. That's, that's still makes him the richest man in the world. Okay. That, I mean, that's just how much money he made back then. It's, it's, it's amazing. And we're going to go through how he made it. Like we covered in the capitalism podcast, you do not amass that much wealth if you did not revolutionize something and make everyone's lives better. Not like the billionaires of today where their net worth is based upon stock options of overvalued stocks of their companies and then other shit. This guy, straight cash, homie. 1.4 billion. Unbelievable. So how did he get it? He got it by being a very frugal man and he hated waste. All right, seems pretty simple, but we'll go into it, right? So back in the day, they used kerosene, and you made kerosene from oil. So you got your oil, you refined it down, and you got kerosene. 60% went to kerosene, and there was a 40% waste byproduct that no one knew what to do with. You know, his competitors would just dump it in a lake, river, you know, just Egregious pollution, toxic waste, sludge, they didn't give a shit. It's back before the EPA, it's back before anyone gave a shit about the environment. So he wasn't having that. And I don't think he cared about pollution. He didn't want to waste anything. So he started storing that 40% byproduct. And he came up with uses for it. He used it to heat his buildings. He used it as fertilizer. He made lubricants for railroads and machine shops. He made oil-based paints out of it, candles, dyes, invented petroleum jelly. Okay, he made more money from the waste than he did from the oil, which ultimately led him to have such a low production cost on his oil that he started pricing his competition out of the market. So he then started buying up all the other companies, 
started buying up the supply chains, started buying up transportation and refining. You know, sound familiar? Right? He just, he buys it. Once you get to that point, you can just buy everything. Started buying up all the newspapers to control the coverage of him and his companies. So Standard Oil, at its peak, controlled 95% of the oil market in the U.S. Unbelievable. And by 1911, the Supreme Court and the government finally stepped in under the Sherman Antitrust Act of 1890 and broke up Standard Oil because he was a monopoly. They broke up Standard Oil into 33 companies. Out of those 33, you had ExxonMobil, Chevron. That's how they got their start. So there's a little backstory of how he became the richest man in America. Great businessman when it came to the oil and the buy like that, All that's legit. But then here's where it gets a little shady. He amasses all this wealth. He amasses all this control. And he starts controlling the narrative. And then he gets into philanthropy. The last 40 years of his life, he's retired from Standard Oil. The last 40 years, he creates the modern billionaire philanthropy playbook. One of his advisors was Frederick Taylor Gates. You might recognize that last name. And he got him to become the first, you know, great benefactor of modern science. So like, wow, that's weird, right? Why is, a, why is an oil man getting into science? And over the years, they came up with all these agencies and institutes to promote their messaging. Now, back to the question, why would an oil man get into medicine? Because out of all the byproducts in the petroleum, there was opportunities to get into the medicine game. So how do you get into the game? You buy the game, you know, just like modern day pharmaceuticals. So in 1901, they founded the Rockefeller Institute of Medical Research. In 1903, they founded the General Education Board. 1909, they founded the Rockefeller Sanitary Commission, which helped uh, eradicate hookworm diseases down in the South. They had poor sanitary conditions, poor drinking water. And then finally, in, among other things, but in 1913, they came up with the Rockefeller Foundation, which gave over $250 million to public health, medical training. They founded the John Hopkins School of Hygiene and Public Health. Donated tons of money to Yale, Harvard, Columbia, Brown, Vassar, among others. So, you, you know, why? <laughs> right? Now, it's, he's not doing this because he's a good guy. Right? Philanthropy is like a code word for I'm going to continue to do crazy shit under the guise of helping other people. So, with all these institutes and these foundations, and he's immersed in the medical fields in education. So he, he gave a bunch of money to this guy named Abraham Flexner, who came up with the Flexner Report in 1910. It was, a, uh, it was, it was thick. It was like a book-thick book report on medical education in the United States and Canada. All right, so many aspects of present-day America medical profession stems from this report that Carnegie and Rockefeller helped support. And fund. The report called on American medical schools to enact higher admission and graduation standards and to adhere strictly to the protocols of mainstream science in their teaching and research. The report 
talked about the need for revamping and centralizing medical institutions. Many American medical schools fell short of the standard advocated in this report. Nearly half the schools merged or were closed outright. So on the surface, you're like, oh, well, great. You know, we need, we need a foundation to teach medicine. And, you know, that's, that all sounds great. But when you look at it a little closer, the homopathy, the traditional stuff, the botanical therapies, all the homeopathic medicine that has worked for generations was suddenly ridiculed and some doctors were jailed. Okay, so they come up with this new way to treat patients using pharmaceuticals of the day. Sound familiar? And they control all the agencies, the colleges, the media to ridicule and weed out all the other players who are practicing natural medicine of the day. So, you know, the report also concluded that where there were too many medical schools, there were too many doctors, and, you know, repercussion of that is it resulted in the closures of a lot of universities, and they also uh, revised some of the American universities to mail-only admittance to accommodate a smaller admission pool. So you see what they did, right? So they, they write up the playbook for the doctors, they shut down a bunch of schools that they, that they deemed weren't up to their standards, but basically they were just centralizing control of the entire medical apparatus. And one of Rockefeller's advisors, Frederick Taylor Gates, was a key player in this. So the Spanish flu began in 1918, and I think it disappeared in 1920, but it lasted about two years, caused the death of 550 million people. The Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research carried out a large-scale bacterial meningitis vaccination in the U.S. Army in 1918. The vaccinations were supervised by Frederick L. Gates. Some soldiers received this experimental vaccine three times. Frederick L. Gates started to experiment on vaccines in January of 1918. So that may sound a little familiar to today because it's exactly what's going on today. You have billionaires with so much money that their next logical step is total control and playing this, I don't even know what to call it, playing God. But they're all trying to co-opt all the institutions you know, Bill Gates donates $350 million a year to news agencies. Why does he do that? For favorable coverage. Okay, it's PR. So when we're looking at what's going on today and you're like, what the fuck is going on? How did this happen? I believe it all started with Rockefeller because he drew up this playbook. They had this vision of the world and they wanted it to only be certain kinds of people. And they were going to get there one way or another. And they achieved that by buying up all the newspapers that would be critical of whatever the hell they were doing. They controlled the narrative. They were able to dupe everybody. You know, they created the American Cancer Society because their petroleum-based medications were causing fucking cancer. So, if you guys can see all the parallels to today... But I really believe that's where it started. So just to recap, how did we get the corrupt media? How do we get the media that's not doing their job, not asking the right questions, not holding people accountable? It's because 
the people that are supposed to be holding accountable fund their stations. Okay. How do we get corrupt public health officials? Well, because those officials that their job is supposed to be looking out for the benefit of the people, they're co-opted. They're already bought and paid for by the billionaires. Why do we have billionaires running around playing doctor all over the world? Because they, they, they pay to play. You know, why is the education system fucking corrupted? Because since 1903, the General Education Board from the Rockefellers has been influencing education. You know, why is medical care so fucking corrupt and backwards? Because since fucking 1913, the Rockefeller Foundation got into public health and medical training. You know, we, we've completely lost our way with medicine. And I believe it stems from this. Because if you go back to this era, this is the good old days. You got sick, you phoned your doctor, or you sent a fucking pigeon or Pony Express, however the fuck you got a hold of him. He came to your house. Doctors back then were legit fucking scientists. Because they had to work with ever-changing information. They had to use their powers of deduction to figure out what's wrong Right, so you, you would sit, you were sick. You call the doctor, he comes to your house. You say, hey doc, I got these symptoms. And he has to figure out what the fuck it is based on your surroundings, based on your house and your, your farm or whatever the conditions you're living in, that's how he would treat you. Makes complete sense. And that was the last time doctors actually did that shit. Now they prescribe medications based on symptoms. The doctors today do not care about finding the cause and fixing that. They treat the symptoms. And this is why, this is what the medical profession has morphed into because of this shit. Because Rockefeller controlled the narrative. He kicked out all the people that practiced real fucking medicine that worked for centuries and generations. But there was no money to be made in it. So now, that level of care is gone. And now people are not finding out the reason why they're ill. They're given medication to fucking live with it and to deal with symptoms. Because if you just deal with the symptoms, you have a customer for life. If you fix their fucking problem, you're out of work. So these last two years has really highlighted the fact that our medical system is fucking broken, but you can kind of trace back the demise to the early 1900s when Rockefeller... And all the big money people back then got into the education and medical game. Everyone now is worse off because of that. I really hope that all the doctors and nurses that got fired because they wouldn't take an experimental fucking medical procedure would start their own practice and go back to old school fucking medicine. And it sucks because if anybody had any money, I'm sure people would pay for that kind of service. But since the government's doing a hell of a job devaluing the purchasing power of our money, everyone's living fucking paycheck to paycheck and no one can afford legit care. And the healthcare they get today that they have to overpay for is absolute dog shit. Thank you for humoring me, my history lesson. I hope you guys learned something about the Standard Oil story, which is a cool story, but then it went off the rails from there. And this man laid the groundwork for a lot of the evil shit that's going on and still goes on today. The Rockefeller Institute's still around. They're still donating money. They're still controlling the narrative. They're still affecting all the products and services we get. And it's not for our greater good. 
is just to enrich them, their family members, keep control, keep power. That's the game they play, and we're all just pawns.